Welcome back to Throne Hands. It's me. It's Toby. UFC London, fourth time in the past two years they've been to London. Um, you know, I were literally just talking. This might be the worst card, but of, of the four London cards, but this is still a great card. Yeah, yeah, it looks good. Top to bottom. There's a lot of interesting fights on there. Indeed, there is. Uh the blur is really grinding my gear. So there we go. I'm out of the blur. But um let me share my screen real quick and we'll get started. Um, we'll touch on the prelims a little bit. Um. Yeah. All right. So, um, nothing too crazy on the prelims. To be honest. Um, Shauna Bannon. This is one of Conor McGregor's girls. Um. So you know, obviously Conor's going to be promoting her. Uh, Bruna Brazil. That's a. Um. Excuse me. You know, not not the easiest debut. I don't think. I don't think Bruna Brazil isn't a can by any means. So I think. This is a tough test for Shauna Bannon. Obviously, she's in the red corner because she got a name over there. Yeah. Yeah, Bruno Brazil is uh, pretty good, actually. Her last loss was against Denise Gomes. But as we've seen, I mean, Denise Gomes is pretty legit, I would say. You know, she's tough. She's strong. She can. De- she has finishing ability. So that's not a terrible loss. And Bruno Brazil, she's a pretty good striker. Got a good background like Muay Thai and kickboxing. So, I mean, I haven't seen much of Shauna Bannon, to be completely honest. So I don't. Yeah, I can't say too much about her style or anything, but it is a pretty tough fight for anybody. Yeah, completely agree. Um, this is, I didn't look too much in this fight, but Chris Duncan, I, I feel like he's been around forever uh, for some reason. I don't know why, but even though he really hasn't been around that long, he only has one fight, but I he's a little older, I, I'm pretty sure. But this is um against uh, Ashmus. I, I, I think this is the first uh, fighter with a guy from the UK on it. So, you know, if you guys want to go start where the crowd starts, this is where to start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, there's another one. I don't know too, too much about these guys. I mean, both of them really, they only have one fight in the UFC. But from what I've seen, um, it should be a fun matchup. You know, both these guys fight hard. They're not going to quit in there. Um, yeah, I think Ash Moose is a pretty good prospect, though. You know, uh, honestly, like low these aren't low level fights, but like unranked light heavyweight bouts always seem to be pretty fun because they're just swinging. They're trying to get up into that top 15, but you know, they're just swinging and banging and they're, I love light heavyweight. Uh, they're, they're big and they're fast. Um, all right. Ban- women's bantamweight. This is the talk of the town when it comes to the women's divisions as of late, because the women's goat, Amanda Nunes has departed and she's not coming back. Uh, there's no chance of, there's no there's nothing in my mind that says she's coming back but anyway Kellen Vieira um what's she coming off of I can't remember uh, uh I think she lost to Raquel Pennington yeah she lost to Rocky Pennington at the beginning of the year by split decision and she biggest robbery of all time home versus Vieira I don't care that horrible just as bad as uh Patty versus 
uh, Jared Gordon. But Penny Kianzad, man, she's she's been coming up in this division as of late. And I don't know, maybe we can get some new blood up in that top five. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, what's interesting is that um, both of their uh, last losses are to Raquel Pennington, the GOAT, Rocky Pennington, the next bantamweight champ. Honestly, maybe. I mean, Raquel Pennington, um, you know, she's like a five-fight win streak. And, you know, I think she's got one finish out of those five fights. And a lot of the other ones have been like close or split decisions. But, you know, it, uh, it's interesting. I mean, it kind of shows you where this division is at when this – uh, fight is just kind of snuck into the prelims and it's a number four versus number seven. So it's a pretty pivotal matchup, but as far as it goes, I mean, Kelly Vieira, she's had a bit of, you know, up and down career. She got knocked out really bad by Irene Aldana a couple of years ago. She's had a couple of losses here and there, but she's had some good wins too. I mean, Holly Holm, although she probably didn't win that fight, even the Misha Tate fight, fight. Yeah. <laughs> the Misha Tate fight was close. You know, I think she won that one, but I would probably, I don't know. I'd favor I'd favor Pandy Kion's Ed. I think she's been more consistent as of late, and you know she's a bit more well-rounded. For sure. All it's right, close, yeah. close match. Here we go. Here we go. We're getting to the 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 uh, the meat of it all here. Uh, Mahmoud Murdov versus uh Brian Barberena. Uh, Brian Barberena seems to be a a a banger magnet. Um, like, <laughs> it, and this is up at middleweight too. So, oh, yeah, I mean, Brian Barrera isn't even that big of a welterweight. Like, I think if he got in shape, he could cut down the lightweight. Yes. But, like, this is an interesting matchup. And for some reason, you know, if Brian Barbarian is a dog in this fight, I wouldn't be surprised if he somehow pulls this off. Yeah, it is. Um, It's interesting. Like you mentioned, you know, he doesn't really cut that much weight, it seems like, to even get to welterweight. It looks like he's t- kind of like a Colby Covington where he just weighs around 175, maybe 180, and just cuts a little bit. But, yeah, I was surprised when I saw the odds for this fight because, you know, Mahmoud Muradov, he's good, but, you know, he's coming off two losses, one of them being he got choked out by Gerald Mearshart, which, you know, Gerald Mearshart's decent, but not the most technical guy. And so uh, kinda, Borhalio, right? Yeah, yeah, and he lost to Caio, so... I was kind of surprised seeing how big of a favorite he was, but then I realized that this fight is at middleweight. So I'm not sure why Brian Barberena has made this decision to move up to middleweight. I mean, he is coming off a couple of losses himself, but not exactly bad losses or anything. I mean, he got, you know, submitted a couple of times, but against two really good guys. I mean, RDA and Gunnar Nelson, you know, nothing to sneeze at there, but I guess maybe he just thinks that he has a better path at middleweight. I'm not so sure. I, I see I'm that, not but... sure either. Then he beat, um, beat Robbie Lawler and uh, Matt Brown back to back. So, yeah. you know, man, the, uh, knowing Bob Ray, it's probably going to be a banger. So we'll see what happens here. Um, yeah. Jamal Pogues, Jamal Pogues. <laughs> Versus uh, Mick Parkin making his debut. I don't know what to think about this one, man. These are just two big dudes swinging and banging. That's all I can say about this one. Yeah, this is another one, you know, don't have a lot of footage on either of these guys in the UFC, at least. Um, they definitely look like bangers, man. They look like big dudes that have uh, big power. Although looking at Pogues, he doesn't, you know, in his contender series fight or in the UFC, doesn't have any finishes. But that's not too unusual for heavyweights. A lot of times, you know, they kind of cancel each other out and they end up just going to decision. But yeah, this should be a hopefully a fun one. Yeah. Two big heavyweights. Gotta love it. Um, 
Danny Roberts. I forgot about him. Jeez, I feel like he hasn't fought in a minute. Um, Johnny Parsons, interesting fight here. Um, welterweight. I mean, it's a pick 'em. So if you if you're a betting if you're a betting man, um, <laughs> this is this is choose whomever you want. You win about the same amount of money. But I don't really got too much on this fight. Uh, I just realized I did I for, totally forgot Danny Roberts was back. Yeah, um, no, I think Danny Roberts takes it. Uh, he's got a ton of experience in the UFC. I mean, he's fought some of the best guys in the welterweight division. He's fought, you know, Trinaldo. He's fought JDM. He's fought Michelle Pereira. You know, he's fought other, like David Zawada. He's fought a lot of good guys. And yeah, he did lose a lot of those fights, obviously. But he's also got some good wins. But I think just the experience is going to, you know, make the biggest difference here. I think he's still got good enough skill. And obviously, I think Johnny Parsons is a skilled guy too, but we just haven't seen enough of him. I mean, I think this might be his debut. So this is his debut. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, looking at him, it, I think he could he could probably fight down at lightweight. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Joel Alvarez, uh, Mark Casey. That's a fun matchup too. Oh dang! I totally looked over that. Yes, Joel Alvarez <laughs> versus Mark DeCasey. Uh I watched Mark DeCasey fight in Columbus. Um, he wrestled uh he wrestled Slava Claus, I'm pretty sure. But um Joel Alvarez I like Joel Alvarez a lot, dude. I think he's really good. Um yes, I know he just lost, but they're both coming off losses, but Joel Alvarez is really good, I think. Hey, listen, I mean Joel Alvarez, dude, yeah, he's coming off a loss, but to Armand Sarukian. And his other loss in the UFC is to Demir Ismagulov. So he's lost to two of the best guys in the division. Other than that, he's got four finishes in the UFC. I mean, he's a really, really good fighter. Um, he's got great submissions. He's super long and pretty tall for this weight class. He uses his height well and his striking. I mean, he's just a really fluid striker and fluid submission artist. And Marchie Casey, you know, he's interesting. I mean, he had a lot of his career where he was primarily a striker. And then kind of out of nowhere, just became a wrestler. Like he just started wrestling in almost every fight. I think he got like 10 or 11 takedowns against um, uh, Slava Claus. He got whoever he fought next. He got like, you know, a lot of takedowns in that fight too. So it'll be interesting to see what his game plan is here. But I think if Jacasey tries to wrestle a lot, you know, I wouldn't, I don't think Joel Alvarez is going to be in too much danger because he has such good submissions off his back and he has such good standups. So I think Joel Alvarez, I think this is a great fight for him. I think yeah. he's going to take this for sure. I think this is really just to get Joel Alvarez back on his feet. Like, yeah. he, he's good, guys. He's really good. And yeah, he's he's a really good. He could yeah. he could fight at welterweight if he wants. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Oh, Davy Grant. Yes. Yes. <laughs> if, if you want an automatic banger, Davy Grant's your guy. I mean, Daniel Marcos can bring it too, but man. Good test for Daniel Marcos, though, um, you know, against a crafty veteran like David Grant. I mean, he took a round from Cheeto Vera not even two years ago, I don't think. So, yeah, David Grant can fight, man. Um, I'll take David Grant. He got the hometown, he got the hometown uh, vibes behind him. Yeah, David Grant, I think he's legit. He, he has a very unorthodox style. He throws a lot of weird, like very looping combinations. And he leaves his chin open a lot of the time, but he has a really rock solid chin. And when he does connect with you, he's got pretty good power and he's always looking for the finish. I mean, like you said, he took a round from Cheeto. He had a split decision with Yanez. He had a great finish over Jonathan Martinez. And now Jonathan Martinez is on a five fight win streak. So, you know, what does that say about 
I mean, his level of competition has been really high. Even in the Asuncao fight, you know, he wasn't looking amazing and he got a little lucky. There was a headbutt, but he still got an inverted triangle. So, I mean, this dude is a finisher. He is super tough. He is, um, he's, he's pretty well-rounded too. I mean, he's not like, he's like, like I said, he's not the most technical guy everywhere, but he's got good skills everywhere. But Daniel Marcos too is a really solid fighter. Got a finish in his last fight. Um, this should be a fun one, man. This is a banger. This is a great fight. Yeah, banger. Great features prelim. This was a smart decision, but to the main card, uh, featherweight, Lerone Murphy versus Josh Coolabout. Lerone Murphy had some beef with somebody. I think he had some beef with Nathaniel Wood earlier in the week for their canceled fight four months ago. But, man, this is a great fight. I'm excited for this one. I like Josh Coolabout a lot. I like Lerone Murphy a lot. Two guys, young, uh, top prospects in this featherweight division that is stacked by the way um but this is this is a great great matchup i think and i'm excited to see where this goes i think i'll give the edge to Lerone murphy though yeah this is a really fun fight i mean both these guys are on some good win streaks right now Lerone murphy a really really hot prospect right now I, he had that huge knee over um, Makwan Amirakani. Like Amirakani shot in for a takedown, and he just, I mean, threw a perfectly timed knee and completely put his lights out. Yeah, he's got great striking. I mean, he's, you know, great timing on everything, um, super accurate. And Josh Kulaba, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty high on him too. He's a great fighter, man. He's on a couple fight win streak as well. Yeah, this is another, this is a really good matchup to kick off the main card. If I had to favor someone, I'd probably go Lerone Murphy. I'm just, you know, a little bit, I think he's just a little bit better everywhere. But Koulibaly is definitely a legit fighter. Yeah, fun fight here, guys. You don't want to miss that one. Ooh, here we go. Uh, Jai Herbert versus uh, Fresh Siam. Um, this is a great fight too, man. Jai Herbert, the, probably the longest, uh, outside of Jalen Turner, the longest lightweight that I can think of, um, especially when it comes to reach and leg reach. Um, but these are these are two massive lightweights. Good lord, I didn't realize Ziam was six one. Oh man, but Ziam, both these guys can fight, man. Uh, Jai Herbert, he got sent to another planet from uh, Ilya to uh, by Ilya Taporia. Um, and yeah, man, uh, coming off win, uh, two of his last three for us, um, but. Jai Herbert got that hometown, and honestly, the hometown might might take it for me, man. I think he gets the dub. Yeah, this is a really fun matchup, both super tall, long guys for lightweight. ZM, he hasn't been super impressive to me throughout his UFC run. I think he's fought a little bit under his skill level. I think he's a very talented guy. I just don't think he's performed quite to expectations. I mean, yeah, he's got a couple of wins, but I just think he could have done a little bit better. I, I would favor Jai Herbert just because like in all his fights, he actually looks really good until he doesn't. I know that's kind of dumb to say, <laughs> but like he's looking so good against Trinaldo. He's looking pretty good against Deporia, and then he just gets knocked out cold. So if he can stay really composed in this fight, stay on the outside, uh, one of his best strengths is, is his kicks. I mean, he brings his legs up super quick, doesn't really telegraph yes. his kicks. Um, so it sets if he him can, up well, too. Yeah, sets him up really well. I mean, this he's a really good fighter. He's got great combinations, and he's long. I mean, he's got decent submissions, too. So, you know, if he can just stay composed in this fight and not 
let up in the second and third round and get knocked out brutally, then I think he's definitely going to, you know, win this fight and look really good doing it. But, you know, that's always a question with Jai Herbert. So. Yeah, he 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 either wins or loses horribly. There's no between. Yeah. But shout Ilya Taporia. That was the that's the first time I ever just like looked at the TV like, ugh. Yeah, that, that was a horrible, horrible knockout. His eyes just completely rolled back in his head. It's like <laughs> he was out before oh, you hit the ground. But yeah. Paul Krieg, hair transplant Paul Craig is a different animal, man. <laughs> I don't yeah, know it, what it is. It but looks, Andre, I didn't notice that, but it looks like he definitely got a hair transplant. <laughs> yeah, de- oh, definitely. Uh, but good for him, man. Anyway, uh, yeah. Andre Muniz, this is a tough matchup to start at your middleweight career. And good Lord, Andre Muniz, I mean, the, didn't he submit Jacare? Am I going crazy? Yeah, yeah, he broke his arm, I think. Yeah, like, <laughs> the jiu-jitsu in this match is going to be fun to watch. I'm so excited for that. Paul Craig has... Serious jiu-jitsu, guys. Um, I mean, he submitted Jamal Hill, the the former champ. Dang, that sucks to say. I but know, um, man. but yeah, Paul Craig's legit, and I think him going down the middleweight if he could, if he's like not drained. No, there's no jujitsu in this division. Like Jack Armanson, yes, I'll Jack Armanson for sure. I think Paul Costa has a black belt, but you know, depends on whether or not he wants to use it. Um. Not much jujitsu in this division. Honestly, he can make some headway in this division, I think. Yeah, this is a great, great matchup. Especially if you love grappling, then this is a must-watch. I mean, these guys are some of the highest-level grapplers in all of the UFC. I will say, I think Paul Craig is maybe at a little bit of a disadvantage just because Muniz has really good top game and top pressure, whereas Paul Craig is more of a fighting-off-his-back guy. And he's fine to take one round, take two rounds, just laying on his back in hopes that he ends up getting a triangle or a guillotine or something. Whereas Muniz will try to reverse the position, get on top of you and look for something more dominant. So I think that I I would favor Muniz. He was on a huge win streak too. Like you mentioned, he um, broke Jacare's arm and his only loss is to Brendan Allen. And we know from Brendan Allen's most recent fight, I mean, we know how good this guy is too. Yeah. So I think that I would favor Muniz but Paul Craig does have a bit of a size advantage. I'm sure he was a pretty big light heavyweight. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, just how he looks and how he feels at middleweight, but this is a really fun matchup. And like you mentioned as well, if he can get past Muniz, I mean, really the only other guy near the top of the middleweight division, that's mainly a um, grappler is Brendan Allen. So yeah, yeah, he could have a pretty straight path through the division if he's able to submit some guys. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'll favor Paul Craig in this one. Um, I know, and that's tough for me to say. Wait, does he have a bang tattoo? <laughs> I don't know what that is. He's always dangerous. Though. I mean, there's no counting out Paul Craig for sure. Yeah. Don't count out Paul Craig. He, he submitted uh, Ankalaev with like a second left, I think. Yeah, and then he threw up that triangle against um, Nikita Krylov. Like, yeah, he's he's legit, man. Yep. He's very good. All right. I'm excited for this one. Nathaniel Wood versus Andre. Uh, this is nicknamed Touchy. Yeah, Touchy Feeling. <laughs> I love it. But um, Nathaniel Wood, um, he dodged my boy Vince Morales. I'll, I'll never forget that. He used to be a bandweight, but now he's moving up to featherweight. I don't know what it is. But, um, <laughs> okay, I never noticed how many 
tattoos Andre Feely has. Good Lord. Those are sick. But anyway, back to the fight. This is another banger, man. I know it's not a ranked matchup, but these two like to these both these fighters like to go at it. And I'm I'm excited for this one. This is fun. Yeah, this is such a good matchup, man. I, I think Nathaniel Wood is a really, really solid prospect. I mean, his last fight was against Charles Jordan, and he really impressed me in that one. I, I favorite Jordan going into that fight. I mean, I'm a big Charles Jordan fan. I love his striking style, but Nathaniel Wood just shut him down. I mean, it was not a super close fight. You know, Nathaniel Wood beat him in pretty much every area. And that's kind of been a theme for a lot of his wins in the UFC. He pretty much just dominates these fights if he, if not finishes them. So, I mean, Andre Feely, super experienced in the UFC. Um, he's coming off a win now after a couple of tough losses. But yeah, I think this is a, this might be a little bit of a changing of the guard. I think this is a time for or Nathaniel Wood to come in and show that he's he's legit and he's here to stay. I agree. Uh, I I think Nathaniel Wood is the better fighter. Um, the odds show that. Um, yeah. t- I didn't realize Andre Feely was only thirty three. I feel he feels older than that. He's been in the UFC for so long. Yeah, you know, been- Nathaniel Wood. He had um such a cool career in Cage Warriors too. Has a lot of great moments over there. So he's gonna have all the crowd support in the world. So I think that I think these these are just favorable circumstances for him. Yeah, for sure. I think Nathaniel Wood takes it. But I love Andre Feely, though. I just want to say that. Andre Feely oh, is love, super Everyone awesome. loves Andre Feely. Yeah. Has a, has had a great career in the UFC. And I want to say this on the record because nobody ever talks about this. The fight against Yair Rodriguez where he got um, switch kicked in the face, he got eye poked right before that happened. And he was like clearing out his eye. Nobody ever talks about this, but he couldn't see out of his eye. And then he got switch kicked in the face. So, yes, it was a great knockout, but I want everybody to remember that, that Andre <laughs> Feely got eye poked before he got switch kicked. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, just know that, man. Just know that. Justice for Andre Feely, man. <laughs> Justice for Andre Feely. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> Not but, that he was going to you know, dominate that fight or anything, but I don't know. It's just kind of funny. I don't, hey, he lost to the former interim champ. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's have this discussion. I just saw this. So whenever I think of fighters who've never won belts, I never I never count people I, I, I never count people who win the interim title. Like in my mind, Dustin Poirier's never won a belt. Yeah. And like I think Dustin Poirier is probably the best fighter to never ever win a belt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it kind of depends on you know, like some interim belts are completely pointless, obviously, but sometimes they have some value. I think that, you know, uh, for example, like Hannon Burrell, when he was the interim champion, he defended his interim belt like two times because Dominic Cruz was out. And for whatever reason, they just didn't want to make Burrell the actual champion. And so even if Burrell had never become, and eventually they did, but even if Burrell had never gotten the undisputed belt, I still would consider him a champion because he yeah. had the interim belt. He defended it against great fighters like Michael McDonald. Um, so I think, you know, by and large, yeah, I agree. I agree that if you're an interim champion, it it doesn't really mean that you're a true champion. But there are exceptions, like Hennon Burrell, for example. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Like Hennon Burrell, yeah, if he never become became champ, uh, uh, true champ, undisputed champ, rather. My bad. Uh, yeah, I completely get that. That'd make total sense to me. But, like, come on. Uh, what's his face? Cyril Gunn was ever the champ. Yeah, like, no, no, horrible, <laughs> most pointless interim belt of all time. I don't even think 
Yair Rodriguez's belt is that valuable. Like, nah. like uh, Masterclass by Volk, by the way. Go watch that if you haven't. Um, yeah. But, um, all right, Molly McCann versus Julia Stoliarenko. This is the worst fight on the main card. I don't care what anybody says. The only reason this is there is because Molly McCann has some name value. If you wanted a true co-main, I think uh, Paul Craig versus oh, Muniz man. or Nathaniel Wood versus Andre Feely should have been the co-main. 100%. But anyway, that's not for me to say. Um, I feel like this Maya McCann's always going to bring it. She's she's going to fight dirty. I mean, she got absolutely crushed by Aaron Blanchfield in the last fight. Good Lord. But yes, uh, story rank is not great. <laughs> nah, I mean, this is a very weird co-main event. You know, Stolyarenko is like one in five in the UFC or something. She's not <laughs> a very good fighter. So I think, yeah, the fact that this is a co-main event, is it's very clear that they want Molly McCann to have a, a good bounce back fight. They want her to just go out there and like brutally finish someone. And in all likelihood, that's probably what's going to happen because although Molly McCann is very overrated, she's not the most skilled fighter. You know, Stolyarenko is worse. I mean, she is not a great fighter either. <laughs> so it's an interesting matchup. I mean, it's interesting insofar as if Molly McCann gets a finish. I think it'll be interesting because I did like her finish of Hannah Goldie where she um, hurt her and then basically like did a running spinning back elbow, which is pretty cool, and then finished her off with punches. Or the Luana Carolina. I mean, Molly McCann has great finishes, but before that, she was honestly not a super exciting fighter. Almost all decisions, maybe like literally all decisions. And she just got in front of the London crowd and was able to pull out these great finishes. So if she's able to do that again, that's, that could be cool. But I don't think, you know, it's not a high level fight. It's not a pivotal fight either. I mean, these are no. unranked flyweights. You know, this is like, it's a very odd co-main event. And like you said, I think Paul Craig would have been a much better uh, co-main. Nathaniel Wood. I mean, you could have put Davy Grant in the co-main, and I would have been like, "Oh yeah, that makes more sense than this." But yeah, man, that first London card was awesome. Back yeah. in 2022, March two. Oh, that was amazing. What if you time? haven't watched that card, <laughs> go back and watch it. Amazing. But anyway, <laughs> main event time. Uh, Tom Aspinall uh, versus Marcin Tabura. Um. Yeah, man. Tom Aspinall's back, coming off an eight. Uh, he tore like I think tore a few things in his knee by just stepping back against Curtis Blades. I remember yelling at my TV, no. That fight was looking like it was going to be so good too. They came out like swinging for the fences, swinging and banging, man. immediately just throwing haymakers. Yeah, I was, my dad and I were watching. I said, "Dad, this is going out of the first round," and then Tom Aspinall blew his knee out. But anyway. I think th- this could be a piece of cake for Tom Aspinall, man. I, I, as much as I like Martin Tybor, my favorite, my fellow Pole, but bro, I think Tom Aspinall is Polish too. But anyway, like, dude, <laughs> this is just to get Aspinall back in the mix of things, man. I, if Tom Aspinall is, is is like anywhere close to what he was, it, it's gonna be a first round sub. Yeah, I 100% agree. No disrespect to Tybora. I mean, he's a good fighter. He's got a couple of finishes in his last fights. But if you look at Aspinall's win over Sergey Spivak, where he threw that knee and then immediately followed up with the elbow, I mean, that was beautiful. If you look at what he did to Alexander Volkov, who we know is a legit top five heavyweight probably, I mean, he finished him with a straight arm bar, which is like nobody finishes people with straight arm bars, especially not at this level. So I think Aspinall... 
is in a whole different world when it comes to talent as um, compared to Martian Tybora. And like I said, nothing against the guy, but Aspinall is one of the best prospects we've ever seen in any division. I mean, this guy has finished every win that he has in the UFC. He's looked spectacular in every single one. I mean, he finished Arlovsky and Arlovsky has barely been finished by anybody in the past like five years. You know, this dude's always going to decision. So he's finishing guys that don't get finished. His talent, like, his skill level is almost incomprehensible for a heavyweight. Like we don't see heavyweights coming through who are this quick, this agile, this explosive. I mean, this dude is a monster, man. I think he's a future champion. Oh, I agree completely. And wh- one thing that stuck out to me was when a uh, Volkov threw his, I think it was a jab and uh, Aspinall just slipped it takedown. It was so quick. Oh, it's incredible. His, his wrestling, especially coming from the UK, incredible he's he's so good guys but anyway ask about whatever he wants in the first round that's how i see it yeah this is going to be a quick finish i think it's not really going to be a tough fight the only only question mark around this fight is is he 100 percent healed is he fully back to what he was and judging by how much time he's taken off and how much of an athlete he already was um i think he's going to be able to recover just fine i think that should be no problem yeah i think he's only 29 too yeah, he's crazy yeah, young yep oh he's Incredible. 30 now jeez <laughs> for heavyweight that is a spring chicken yeah but let's take a look at the heavyweight rankings real quick because you know he's number five in the rankings um yeah man i, I could see him beating everybody in the top five except john jones right now yeah yeah i agree now is uh john's fight with stipe has that been like confirmed or are they just talking about that uh dana white confirmed it okay nice nice yeah that'll be fun um i think the only other guy that could maybe give him problems would be jalton or maybe sergey pavlovich but even then i would still favor aspinall in both those fights because he's much more well-rounded than jalton and that's true as far as i can tell he's also much more well-rounded than pavlovich we just haven't seen a lot of pavlovich's grappling and to be fair he hasn't really needed to show it because he's just finishing everybody in the first round. But sometimes when you have those guys that just finish every fight in the first round like that, and yes, Aspinall has done the same thing, but we've seen so many different skills from Aspinall. So it's just, we haven't seen enough from Pavlovich in my opinion. I agree. All right. So some things have moved around uh, at to next week's 291 card, best card of the year, in my opinion. I don't know if you agree with me on that, but I think it's, this is by far the best card of the year so far. Yeah, I was thinking it's definitely up there. It's either that or 292 also looks spectacular. In my oh, opinion. yeah. So we'll get into the things that have moved around because a lot of things, a lot of things have moved around in the past 48 hours. Um, I forgot, guys, just so you know, we have a bonus episode coming up. I didn't I was moving this week, so I didn't get a chance to edit it, but we ranked the UFC commentators. So that'll come out later. Uh there's old news on that. I'll probably keep the old news in case you didn't hear it. But anyway, so uh, Steven Thompson, Michelle Pereira got moved up to the main card. I am all for that. Great way to open up the main card. Uh, oh, yeah. Kesson Holland got moved up. Tony Ferguson is now one of the featured bouts with Bobby Green. Please, Tony, please. Please, Tony, please. Just win. Oh, we'll see, man. We'll see. I think Bobby Green is not an easy fight. That is a very tough fight for him. Here's how I see Tony Ferguson winning that fight. He gets knocked down. Bobby Green gets on top of it. Tony throws up like a triangle or something. Yeah. I, I will say, 
now that I'm thinking about it a little bit, Bobby Green makes his career off of fighting clean, right? He a lot of um, punchers, he avoids uh, punches very well. He has not much lower body movement, but his head movement is really good. And I think if Tony comes in and he starts ripping the body, hitting the legs, if he starts you know, saying, screw it. I'm not going to go for these clean punches. I'm going to throw elbows. I'm going to throw, you know, lead with elbows. I'm going to throw everything at this guy. I think he could have a chance because we saw against Fazeev, you know, Bobby Green had a, one of the best fights I've seen against Rafael Fazeev. And Fazeev was trying to throw a bunch of punches and he was missing because Bobby Green was just moving his head out of the way. But when Fazeev started throwing those body kicks, that's when the fight changed. So if Tony can come in, you know, he used to have a great front kick to the body. He used to have great leg kicks, great lead elbows. If he can start doing that, maybe, you know, yeah, I thought Bobby Green beat Fazeev, but that's beside the point. Close Um, fight for sure. Very close fight. Uh, Roman, man, fun card. Uh, Jake Matthews uh, is not fighting Baez anymore. Sadly, I was oh, I was so looking forward to that fight. Oh gosh, that's a banger. Man, <sighs> we, lost, we lost a good one. I hope we get that in the future. But um, hey, dude, semi the Jedi. I didn't know uh, Matthew Simmelsberger was on this card. Yeah, he is. I, He's I'm a, always Simmelsberger. a fun guy, man. I love Simmelsberger. Yeah, Simmelsberger is awesome. Um, let's let's head on over to all right. So so things have moved around. Um, UFC two ninety. Five in uh, Abu Dhabi. I, th- I think that's the card. Yeah, uh, we got some. We got our main event. Uh, Charlie Olives versus uh, Islam Mahachev too, and then we have um, Paulo Casa versus uh, what's his face? Uh, I don't even remember his name anymore. It's been so Hamza, Hamza yeah. Shemaev. Yeah, <laughs> it's been it's a been while. Too it's long. Been it's been too long. I know. He lost all of his name value. All of it. He really did. He really did. Uh, so hopefully, secret juice comes through. And does his thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's a fun matchup. It, it's weird, too. It's so funny how Hamzat went from being like he literally fought, I think, twice in two weeks, maybe even it was like three times in a month or something. And everybody was like, wow, this guy's going to be champion within like a couple of months. And it looked like he was. He was just slaughtering everybody. And then I think, you know, partly due to his behavior, but also partly due to a lot of guys just don't want to accept that fight. He just hasn't been active for a while. And it's, I mean, his popularity has just dropped off a cliff. It's kind of shocking to see, I guess not shocking, but you know, just interesting. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. So Umar Nurmagomedov out, you know, the classic Nurmagomedov. Oh, we want top guys. Oh, I got to pull out. Um, <laughs> but I like Umar a lot. I think he's really awesome. I've taught, I've praised him on this. Um, so I'm I'm gonna remove uh, Umar from that uh, expectation because I do not believe he he pulled out for a very legit reason. But anyway, but this is a banger. Rob Font versus Corey Sandhagen. I don't care. This is this is heat. <laughs> yeah, this is such a good matchup, man. I'm a bit worried for Rob Font though because he has a lot of scar tissue on his face, and we've seen that you know he can get really cut up badly by elbows and big shots. And I think Corey Sandhagen is maybe one of the best elbow throwers in all of the UFC. Like his elbows are disgusting. So yeah, he wasn't preparing for Rob Font, but of course, Andy, that's another thing too. It doesn't even matter. I feel like because his game planning and his adaptability in fights is so good. He is so, his reactions are so quick and he can, his reads are so impeccable. Like he makes such good reads in fights and he's able to adapt on the fly. This is a great matchup, man. I think I'm favoring Corey Sanhagen. But 
Yeah, I mean, Rob Font is no slouch either. He had a fantastic knockout of Adrian Yanez in his last fight. I thought he looked really good in that one. But, you know, he did get busted up a little bit. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. But, uh, yeah, I think this yeah. is going to be one of the best fights uh, of the year probably. So that means Song Yudong is without a fight. Um, I, you and I suggested some pretty good names. You said Jonathan Martinez. We texted about this yesterday. I said Chris Gutierrez. I think both options are fantastic. I, I want to see him. Both. Yeah, I would love to see either of those fights. I, both of them deserve it, too. I mean, Jonathan Martinez on a great win streak, coming off the win over Saeed Nurmagomedov. So, yeah, that's a great one. And then um, Chris Gutierrez, you know, coming off that horrifying knockout of Frankie Edgar that should have never, ever happened. Never happened. But, he, but he's still a really great fighter. I mean, you know, he's very talented, obviously. He's, just, he's a legit prospect. So both of those guys deserve it. I think I'm pretty sure I exclaimed Frankie when <laughs> that happened. That was so sad. Uh, you know, it was so sad too because you could see it coming from a mile away. You're like, oh, he's gonna knee him right in the face when he ducks in. Oh wow! Uh, and then he just like fell backwards like a stone. Like, oh, well, so yep. sad. Oh, one more fight on 294. 295 is MSG with Jones and uh, Steopic, as Joey Diaz would say. Uh, Nasruddin Amarov will take on Ikram Aliskiarov. This is a much more reasonable matchup. Oh, like, yeah. I'm for it. Paulo Costa should never have been fighting uh, Alaskarov. Um, Paul had probably... It's so interesting how the UFC like says, oh, these two are fighting. Just like try and push him to sign the contract or something. Yeah, I know. I mean, respect to Paulo for not giving into that. You know, I mean... I'm not sure the exact uh, ins and outs of that contract, what was going on behind the scenes. But, yeah, it seemed like he never really wanted to take that fight. And they just kept saying, like, yep, he's fighting Ikram. And he was, you know, I guess he just never signed it. So, Yep. His respect. His respect to Paulo Costa. Respect. Kyler Phillips, Hione Barcelos. Uh, that's a fight. That, I'm, I'm actually pretty pumped up for that fight. That's a really good fight. That is that's a very awesome fight. How do you Barcelos, man? He is one of the most talented guys to not break into like the top ten of his division. And he got viciously knocked out in his last fight. That was kind of hard to watch. But you know, he's a super awesome fighter. He really is. He's awesome. Which which card is that on again? Um, that's on um let's see. Oh, right there. Uh, UFC Nashville. Oh, oh, sweet. Oh, I just saw on Twitter, Tony Bennett died. Oh, man. That's sad. Dang. That's sad. Legend. Absolute legend. Good yep. Lord. Yeah. Uh, I know this is an MMA podcast, but dude's a legend. You got to recognize it. We we recognize greatness here on Throne Hands. Yes. Wherever it may come from. But, ooh, I didn't see this. Tyson Pedro will fight Anton Turkali at 293. Dang. Yeah, bangers are being up. made, bro. Oh yeah, for sure. I see they're uh, stacking up UFC 293 with all this, uh, like Blood Diamond, Kai Car France, Pedro Tafa, Shane Young. They're all Carlos Solberg. They're all on there. Yeah, for sure. All right, I so get... some uh, playoffs uh, for uh, what you would call it, the PFL, come out, and I think what was it? I'm blanking out. Uh, was uh Shane Burgos is fighting um Clay Collard. It's a fun Recipe matchup. Shane Burgos, I think, dude, that could be a 
Yeah, that might be a bloodbath. Clay Collar is really good. Yeah, his box is incredible. But man, that's still. I, I lost all respect for PFL after that stunt. Yeah, terrible. And we also found out that like ninety percent of their roster is on steroids, and they got caught. Con- not, not obviously not like I'm being hyperbolic, but uh, I think it was at least like a dozen fighters got caught on steroids. Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot did. Jared Santos, Rob Wilkinson. Yeah, and it was like half their biggest uh, names in the promotion. So, <laughs> not great. <laughs> not great. Um, that's really all I have, honestly. Um, one quick look on MMA fighting, but yeah, everything's. That's it, man. Yeah, I did see. Um, Izzy is saying that he wants to take on Sean Strickland at yes. Oh, we forgot about that. Oh yeah, so. Izzy was at the gym, you know, hitting the, uh, uh, pumping some iron. And he, um, so apparently DDP is not going to be ready for, uh, 292. I don't, he didn't really take damage to that fight, but maybe just punches so hard that he broke his hand. Um, yeah. Maybe just brought in too much air with his new nose that his diaphragm just screwed up. (laughs) Who knows? But, uh, and Izzy wants Sean Strickland at, uh, UFC Cindy, so please bring that on, please. Yeah, please give me that fight. Even if I think that Izzy is probably going to dismantle Sean Strickland, please let me just get that press conference. Oh my goodness, man, that's going to be the build up to that fight is going to be hilarious. And <laughs> honestly, I mean, Sean Strickland's a dog, you know. I, I don't think he's going to go in there and give up or anything. So I think that could be a really fun fight. Yeah, and what Strickland might wrestle too. Yeah, I mean, oh my god, I hope he does. He should. Someone's- Someone said, this is the chance that we have to have both Sean Strickland and Colby Covington as champs at the same time. It's possible, man. It's, it really is possible. Oh. <laughs> what, a, what a timeline that would be. And speaking of, I think they're trying to do Covington versus Leon for 295. Same card as uh, Jones and Stipe. Oh, oh, we could get John Jones and Colby Covington. Same press conference. Yeah. Kinda Heck like that. yes. <laughs> but yeah. Um, former roommates. Yeah, yeah, not big fans of each other, but <laughs> and I saw Izzy. Um, he was really going off on Duplessis. He's not. He was calling him some choice words. Probably shouldn't repeat them on this podcast. But... <laughs> yeah, this is a kid show, kid show. Uh, um, but man, that's crazy. Oh, I hope Co- Covington and Jones are on the same stage. Oh, it sucks because they won't be next to each other on the stage either. Because Col- Colby's not the champ. Yeah. Yep. Dang it. Oh, but anyway, then, that's all I got. You got anything else? Yeah, I saw. I didn't really look much into this, but I saw that um, Connor was at a funeral or something and got into a brawl. Maybe oh, I heard something like, <laughs> like, like what? <laughs> this dude can't. Like, it's one thing. Oh, okay, like I'm out drinking. I've had a long night. Oh, I punch an old man in the back of the head. Okay, we we've all done that before, right? But even <laughs> at, you know, at, at a funeral or after a funeral or something. Like, come on, man. That's yeah. I, 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 it's not know, the time, Connor. No, Connor doesn't seem. He's not. What? I don't know. He just has no social awareness, man. Like, why did you punch an old man at the bar? And then, I think he got to another brawl. He was wearing nice clothes. He did. It looked like a solid occasion of some sort. But like, yeah. I don't know, man. He was beefing uh, with Machine Gun Kelly um, at the VMAs or whatever a while back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? But you got anything else? No, I think that was about it. All right. So that'll do it for this episode of The Hands. When we get back, we'll review London. So peace out, guys. Peace.